sorry uh podcast took so long i just uh there's always new information i got really excited uh when you know they said that the death count might only get to 60,000 and uh i thought that was really good um and now it looks like we're going to be at 60,000 before um you know the end of the week uh before may um so that was kind of depressing uh, also, someone told me that their grandmother listened to the podcast, uh, which, which is uh, really scary because these are not uh, not safe for work, not safe for grandma. Uh, I feel like um, all of a sudden I was under a lot of pressure. Um, I love that uh, Dr. Fauci when asked two weeks ago who would who would he like to play him on CNN he said on um, on Saturday Night Live he said Brad Pitt of course and then Brad Pitt came out and played him last night uh, and that was really funny um, what else so uh, we're now finding out that the virus is doing all kinds of crazy things like it's not just causing pneumonia um, but you know uh, it's causing all these little micro clots where like people are having legs amputated and things and and so like now we have to go back and look in march february and see what was happening um because all those deaths uh or that were caused by micro clots and also a lot of younger people um and middle-aged people who don't have any kind of severe symptoms uh very minor symptoms uh they were having strokes and um, at first no one was testing them but now I guess they <clears throat> saw a pattern or saw you know so many young people dying of strokes which is you know odd with uptick rather than compared to normal that they tested it and it turned out that, that yeah evidently it's uh, evidently <sighs> is causing that I mean we knew that it was it was attacking the central nervous system because one of the signs symptoms that some people exhibit is uh, they can't smell or taste things so obviously it's working its way into the central nervous system but but yeah so that was depressing news that this thing's like not just attacking the lung you know not just spreading about uh, infection to the lungs but that uh, it's hitting everywhere else uh, and so I don't know what the latest estimates are um, I don't even read the estimates anymore um the department had a meeting the other day and they talked about fall semester and before this they had always been talking about how they thought fall was just going to be back to normal which i didn't understand because literally without a vaccine we can't go back to normal um and uh i don't understand these protesters i mean i know why i mean economically they're hurting they got a 1200 dollars check which you know, won't even cover like a few bills and, and rent or a mortgage or whatever. Um, I don't see any of our credit card companies or home loan companies or anything delaying it, saying like, you don't have to pay for the next two or three or four months. We'll just add it to the end of the loan and we won't add the interest. Like that would be a very humane, compassionate thing to do for credit card companies, for student loans, for mortgage companies, uh, for, for landlords, something, anything. Um, and yet, like, they're not doing it. And it's just common sense. Uh, so so that's been very depressing. Um, what was I going to talk about? Um, I'm still enjoying the daily briefings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I did think it was, you know, I mean, obviously Trump wasn't saying that we should inject 
disinfecting. So, I mean, yes, it sounded like. I mean, he did. Te- he was he was spitballing, is what he was doing. He was just, you know, he was brainstorming live on television uh, during a during a coronavirus um, briefing, which is is very odd to say, like, hey, you know, um, we maybe could inject disinfectants or irradiate the body uh, with UV light. Um, of course, that would kill anything it touched. I mean, it would it would not just destroy the virus; it would destroy the lungs. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of the memes, though, of people like with, you know, IV bottles of bleach. Uh, I really like the ass light, um, the, the, the giant UV wand that you stick up your butt. Um, I, say, I, I think, you know, people say that Trump's been gaslighting the country, but I think we should just say that from now on we should use the term ass lighting the country because um, I like the term. I think it's a hilarious term, ass light. Um, I love the... Someone named Sarah Cooper on Twitter Twitter acted out that whole like scene where he's talking, and she did a really great job. And then there's also the camera angle B, which showed Dr. Burks and how she wouldn't like nod or confirm anything he was saying every time he pointed to her and said, like, maybe you'll try this, maybe you'll do this, right? And she's just like looking at him. And then when he finishes finally like focusing on her, she just like lowers her head. Like you can see her like dying inside. Uh, a reporter asked him if maybe his downplaying of the virus, uh, if he's concerned that his downplaying of the virus caused people to not take it seriously. And his response was, a lot of people love Trump, right? I don't know if you can hear it, but I'll play it. I guess I'm here for a reason. To the best of my knowledge, I won, and I think we're going to win again. I, a lot of people love Trump. That was his answer to the question, uh, do you think, um, are you concerned that downplaying the virus got more people sick? Uh, which I thought was a very odd response. Um, Elizabeth Warren, uh, who is a very long shot, for vice president, her brother died of coronavirus, Donald Reed Herring. Um, so that was that was sad. Um, it's always been, I think, personal for her, but I think now it's been more so. What was another thing that he said? Let's see here. Under the question, uh, no, that's not it. Let's see. Um, He said, I haven't left the White House in months. So he said he hasn't left the White House in months. Um, But uh, he's, of course, been he golfed all through February. He held a rally in March with a ton of people there. Um, But, yeah, it's just I don't know. So those are kind of a constant source of enjoyment. Uh, Unfortunately, I think um, because of yesterday's uh, disinfected and UV thing, which he's now saying was completely sarcastic, even though he was pointing to the doctor and trying to get her affirmations on it. He's now saying that it was completely sarcastic. He was whole thing was a joke to see how the media would respond Um, again. I don't know. Uh, Maybe. 
maybe during a virus briefing uh, on a virus that's killed 50,000 Americans, maybe not the best time to be sarcastic uh, and, and lie to the press or make jokes uh, to see how the press will respond. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, during the part, maybe, sorry, got off track. Uh, they finally acknowledged that, you know, enrollment was down and that they weren't sure how how things were going to happen in the fall. There are certain classes, even in the English department, which kind of require hands-on, like digital production. You need access to the computers, to the special programs, to edit videos. So I don't know how you would teach those classes. And, um, and uh, so... I think, I mean, my thing is a lot of teachers, a lot of students, uh, they live with or take care of elderly parents or grandparents, and we can't risk, I mean, you know, we can't, we can't risk it. Uh, so I feel like they're going to have to teach online. Now, maybe they can do asynchronous, cor asynchronous courses or synchronous courses, that is, classes that are hands-off, kind of like, you know, I've been running this one, uh, well running uh, barely been doing anything uh this moment uh or the classes that are held like on zoom like from 10 to 10 50 you have like 27 students all in all into a zoom class and the teacher lectures live and there's live questions and answers and you know i hadn't even thought about that but it's evidently doable um so that's a possibility uh I do keep hearing a lot of little like fallacies though. Like they keep saying, you know, we have to like the cure is, is worse than the, uh, the, the, the disease. But the thing is, if we reopen everything, like we'll, we'll, we'll overburden the hospitals and things will just get really bad. Uh, we know this from past epidemics, even those, even the Spanish flu, San Francisco reopened, had a second wave, much worse than the first. Um, so without any kind of new treatment options that are effective, like, I don't, I don't understand how, you know, why anyone thinks we can just reopen things or, or people who are denying that it's real or, or anything. It's just, it's very odd to me. Um, but at the same time, uh, I hear people like whoever, Governor Cuobo and many people saying like, look, you can't put a price on human life. Like the, it's, you know, the economy comes second, life comes first, but that's not really true. We definitely put a price on human life. I mean, uh, we could make cars that, you know, were hundred percent that you couldn't die in. Uh, they only went 30 miles an hour and they had like, you know, whatever, uh, all kinds of safety devices, but, uh, no one would ride those, drive those cars. Um, and, uh, or they would cost too much. I mean, we could even say we could even, uh, Sam Harris mentioned this, say we could even bring back people from the dead, but it cost a billion dollars. Um, no one would do it. Uh, I mean, a few billionaires would do it. Maybe bring back a, I don't know, a daughter who died or a son who died or something. Uh, a few billionaires would do it. Uh, the country might do it as a proof of concept. Um, but uh, for the most part, you know, it just, we, we wouldn't do it. But then if you think of poor countries, they wouldn't do it at all. Like, like, like Mexico wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, I mean, 
I don't know what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is like, there is a value in human life and like, it sounds bad to say this, but like a, the black market is, is really where you can see true capitalism at work because it is all about supply and demand. And, uh, you know, a hitman to hire someone, an assassin in America, a professional job is 30,000, 40,000 minimum. And it can go way up if it's a team of people. And it usually is. It usually is a team of, you know, several people, at least three to five, six people. Um, but yeah, and in Mexico, you could hire someone for 5,000, uh, a professional hitman, um, gets paid a lot less. And that's not to say that their lives are actually less valuable than ours. It's just their look at their economy, their population, everything else. And, uh, there's just a difference. Um, but the life itself, of course. And that's the thing. I mean, even, even Che Guevara, the communist, uh, radical, revolutionary turned mass murder uh, lunatic or whatever, in his motorcycle diaries, as he was riding down the coast, he wrote that, uh, that every human life is worth more than all the money in the world. And like, you know, on an idealistic level, I agree with that. I'm like, yeah, definitely. You know, but then I start thinking about people and I'm like, wait a second, Kim Jong-un? Like, I would, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pay a lot of money because, but I mean, yeah, I would certainly uh, sell a couple things and get up a couple hundred dollars to, you know, to donate if I could push a button and he would drop dead. Um, so yeah, certainly, uh, certainly, even though it's an idealistic thing to say that all lives are worth more than all the money in the world, um, I can think of people whose lives aren't worth a penny to me. Um, I can even think of, like I said, Kim Jong-un, I would, I would actually pay uh for him today but the thing is then you know there's be people who are just as bad as him or worse like his uh younger sister who would take over so uh so i'd have to budget for them too i suppose um what else i've been reading through people's experiences uh some people haven't had much change in their daily life uh except for staying in more, playing more video games, eating more pizza. And some people have had just really bad, um, really tough time. Uh, people with uh, certain conditions, um, diabetes, immunocompromised people, um, people, you know, who are having to be very, very careful. But at the same time, you know, they have parents who are losing jobs. So now they're looking for work, but at the same time, they need to find work where they can be socially isolated like online work and uh, to try to help their families uh, get through this. And again, it goes back to, I'm very angry at mortgage companies and credit card companies for, for not suspending um, payments and putting them on the back end of the loan with no interest added to those, you know, three or four or five payments. Um, I think the whole pandemic has kind of exposed how, yeah, how unprepared, uh, our government was for something like this, even though experts have been saying it was coming for a long time. Uh, a lot of some people mention music that they've enjoyed the concerts and the you know the free uh, online things. I haven't watched any of them. I know there's been a bunch of benefits. Uh, actually, the only one I've watched, and this is kind of crazy, is the Post Malone uh, did a one hour and 50 minute tribute to Nirvana. And like, I know nothing about the guy. I saw him once on YouTube's Hot One show where they eat like spicy chicken wings. And, you know, he seemed like a genuine guy, seemed like a nice guy. 
Um, and he, uh, he helped raise like 2.3 million or something, but like that set rocked. Like he played at sexist side. He played so many different albums, uh, utero stuff from bleach stuff from, um, nevermind. And, uh, yeah, it really blew me away. Like before that, I just figured like, eh, he's another like celebrity, like, you know, the Kardashians, like who probably has no talent. Um, but uh, watching him play that, he never looked at any notes. He knew all the chords. He knew all the words. Uh, and he did a really good job. I was like, dude, that guy's he's pretty awesome. So so it changed my mind about that. It's the only, only concert I've actually watched, though, was Post Malone. Um, God, I say um a lot. I never do that until I listen to my... Until I listen to myself. Uh... Uh, um and uh. So a lot of states are reopening. Uh, Texas is reopening to a limited amount. Georgia is reopening uh, a lot, which is weird because Trump was saying it's great. He was saying, like, liberate these states. He was only saying that to states with, with Democratic governors, though. He wasn't saying liberate Ohio. He was saying liberate, you know, Michigan, liberate Minnesota, like all these Democratic governors. It was really weird. And they were having these big protests. Um, and at first he was complimenting Georgia for reopening everything, but then all of a sudden he changed his mind. And I, I don't know why I don't, maybe he just did want to like hitch his wagon up to what other, you know, experts or advisors were telling him like, look, you know, this could end up causing a big wave, second wave. And, and they're going to have uh, you saying it's a great idea in, in commercials uh, in October before the election. But, um, but yeah, no, Georgia's saying they're going to reopen everything. I think as of last Friday, um, or reopen a lot of things, um, salons, uh, movie theaters, uh, supposedly, I think it's crazy. Um, but in, in, in some ways I'm all for it, like as a test, like, well, maybe, you know, maybe we do need to test this. Maybe we need to see what's going to happen. Um, I mean, I hate to sacrifice the people of Georgia. It's my home state, but, uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll learn from this. Um, because a lot of people are calling for it. And so we'll see what happens. I personally think uh, Trump should travel the state holding rallies uh, just to really rub it in the liberals' faces about how the cure is worse than the virus. Before the rallies, they could even have like potluck dinner campaign events at like retirement communities. Um, but uh, what else? I'm a huge fan of this woman named Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She has a website called Found My Fitness, and she does podcasts and there's YouTube videos, and she's just brilliant. Like she has this amazing understanding of every system in the body, and like in any talk with a world-class scholar, she still makes them think of things they hadn't thought of. So she she'll be talking to some guy about you know some the methylation cycle in the body. And she will come up with and ask questions and he'll be like, wow, you know, we've never tested for that, but it's true. Like, like we should test for that. Um, but so she's posted some really good things on COVID-19 uh, and she's answered people's questions and stuff about it. Uh, so I would definitely recommend checking out Found uh, My Fitness on YouTube. It's all like written together as one word, found my fitness. But Dr. Rhonda Patrick, and evidently she's been on a lot of the podcasts. Like I mentioned her to people who I don't think would have heard of, will have heard of her. And they're like, oh yeah, she was on Joe Rogan. 
you know, she's great. Or, you know, she was on, I don't know, some other podcasts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the pandemic numbers so far aren't as bad as I expected. Uh, based on reading as much as I could, you know, and listening to experts. Uh, but I think the last time I talked, I was excited because I'd heard the number 60,000. And I thought, wow, you know, it's so great. Down from 100 to 240,000 to 60,000. And now, like, we're at 55,000 or something as of today. And we've got five more days in May. So, you know, we're definitely going to hit 60,000 by the 1st of May. So, whatever those numbers, whatever that computer is, whatever that model is, it's just, it's completely, completely off. Like, I don't even know who to trust anymore. Um, so what else? Um, Trump got a new press secretary, Kaylee McEnany. Um, uh, I actually Googled a meme because I thought, okay, this is just an anti-Trump meme. This is fake. I need to prove this is wrong. Uh, but it had her saying, this president will always put America first. He will always protect American citizens. We will not see diseases like the coronavirus come here. And isn't that refreshing when contrasting it with the awful presidency of Barack Obama? So she said that on February 25th, supposedly. I looked it up, expecting it to be fake. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's actually real. Um... I did find a, a one fake quote. It was Trump. It was a Trump tweet about how Obama should be fired for letting you know Ebola. Well, we had like one case in America, or something, two, you know, three cases. But letting Ebola, he said, if Ebola gets to America, well, he should be fired. And I was like, mm, sounds pretty partisan to me. So I googled it and found out it was fake, and, and told people that. So. Uh, um, let's see what else is new. Biden released plans to expand Medicare to forgive student debt. I think it, that's really cool that he um, is coming around. He's established, I think, six or seven committees with the Bernie people to to work on um, uh, like different different issues, like climate change, healthcare, and stuff like that. So it shows that he's, he's basically, you know, he's trying, he's trying to win their vote. Um, what else? This is already 22 minutes. I'm just rambling on about the latest things. Um, yeah. So your interest, your, 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 your papers and the things you wrote in and the, um, discussion, uh, are, are interesting to me. Um, I'm definitely going stir crazy. Um, and I'm kind of a homebody, so I can only imagine what some people um, are feeling right now. And the fact that it is so tough for some students who have moved across the country back home to Detroit, to Chicago, and the other places you guys have told me um, to help your families um, with moms in the hospital, taking care of your little sisters and brothers. Um, you know, I think that's... That's a great thing, and I, I hope it works out for you. And and I hope you can take classes in the fall online without having to move back. Um, UNF did at first they were they were they, they were slow to talk about reimbursements, but eventually they figured something out. So that's good news. Um, but yeah, it's just been a crazy time. 
and uh, we'll have a paper for Friday and then one for the last day, any day of finals week, but I'm assuming Friday of finals week. Um, I'll need to look up and see if next week is finals week or not because it is April 3740th and that will be May 202nd I think is, is finals week but anyway I need to check for those dates again because I'm not positive um, oh man yeah also this woman accused uh, Biden of uh, sexual assault that's uh, weird because like he's been accused a lot of women have accused him of like making them feel uncomfortable because he you know kissed the back of their head massaged them I mean he's always been an antiquated politician a baby kisser uh, now he's a baby sniffer um, which again I defend because I also sniff babies um, and they, they smell good and uh, I won't apologize for that I don't sniff like strangers babies but if I was a politician they used to kiss babies politicians did so so this, at least this is better than that. But he's always been touchy. So none of the women who've ever accused him of making them feel comfortable said it was sexual. They just said he like invaded their space, kissed their head, whatever. They felt patronized or something. Uh, but this woman, Tara Reid, uh, has actually said he assaulted her. Now, before that, she had said he he just made her feel uncomfortable. Um, and, of course, she has a problematic pass uh, with lots of tweets praising Biden even in 2017 she praised him saying like hey this is my former boss like helping to protect women from, from domestic violence and like it's just really odd to me um, the thing is though just because someone uh, says controversial things or is flaky or is partisan because she loved Bernie and she liked Putin she had this love of fate for Putin for a few years you know none of that actually means that she's lying um, it certainly makes her seem a little odd or flaky or whatever, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that those two things are like, you know, uh, uh, it doesn't mean that they, they can't both be true. Uh, for instance, um, two things can be true. Uh, in, in an article Reed wrote in 2009, she claimed to have left Washington, D.C. for the Midwest because her husband Tate at the time had received a job offer for a congressman. She claimed to have also received a job offer to work for governor's race in California around the same time period. She says, soon I received an offer to work on a governor's race in California, and I almost accepted. Tate kept me up at night pleading with me to go with him while he managed the congressman's campaign. I agreed, and we moved to the frozen tundra of the Midwest. I would not even last the full winter. So that was one story of why she moved. But then, in another article called Break on the Light, which she wrote in December of 2018, but then deleted, she stated she left politics in Washington, D.C. because she was sick of American imperialism and because she loved Russia with all her heart. Um, so one is like, I went because my boyfriend wanted me to and I had a job. The other is I went because I hated D.C., I hated America, and I loved Russia. Um, some people are like, dude, that's weird. She's obviously a liar. She's a freak. But my thing is, you know, maybe one was written with, like, maybe she, you know, I don't know if there's a contradiction there. You can leave D.C. because your boyfriend convinced you and because you were sick of American imperialism and love Russia. So I don't really know if there's a contradiction there. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not seeing the news outlets doing investigation 
which I really want them to do because, I mean, she literally says she filed a complaint at the time of the incident and talked to several people. She says she met one staffer and then a staffer for Senator Kennedy tried to step in on her behalf. Uh, and then she went to state personnel for help. So, like, I don't understand why. I mean, I'm sure the Washington Post, New York Times are looking for this. I'm sure they're trying to find the people she talked to or the documents before losing her job. Um, but right now, like, the problem is that true or not, this hurts Biden with Dems. Um, it's not like Trump can use it directly since he's worse. He's got 18 women all, all accusing him of sexual assault and stuff and rape and everything else. But the but the the, geo, the Republicans in Russia will definitely use it to divide Dems and to hurt Biden. So, like, we need to figure out, the Dems need to figure out how, how, how much it's going to hurt him. You know, at this point, should he bow out and endorse Bernie? Uh, we know that won't happen, but, like, I wonder if he should. Um... But anyway, uh, definitely watch the Saturday Night Live, Brad Pitt, Cold Open, where he portrays uh, Anthony Fauci. It's really funny. Um, and uh, I will post the next assignment, but hopefully you'll listen to this podcast, even though I say uh a lot. And I'm sorry about the uh and the ums, the uggs. All right. I'll talk to you later.